Oh, yeah. Welcome back, baseball fans. Round and third, the baseball podcast. This is episode 61. We are in that push. The playoffs are coming. Uh, there's one team so far that's won their division. Shout out Dodgers. We'll get into that. Going to update on some of the incredible record-setting things we've seen out of the St. Louis Cardinals. Talk about overall kind of the playoff picture and what we're seeing in the game of baseball. Um, right before we roll the intro, just special shout out. It is Roberto Clemente Day. Uh, always a special day to celebrate one of the all-time great players of the game uh, and the first Latino Hall of Famer. So with that being said, roll the intro. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. All right, Max, happy Roberto Clemente Day. How are you feeling today? Not too bad. Not too bad. You know, baseball's back on. Um, we're kind of in cruise control to the playoffs. And like, as you said, a lot of special things happening today for Roberto Clemente Day. A lot of historic stuff happening around the league. Lots of potential more for it with Judge and Albert and things we'll talk about. But no, I mean, for the most part, I feel like the playoffs are generally close to set. I mean, there are some races that we talked about before, maybe the AL Central, NL East, and some wild card shuffling around. But, you know, less than three weeks away. Can't wait for the playoffs. And it's going to be such an exciting playoffs. If you look at, at just the teams that we're going to have in, a little bit more parity, there's just some teams that, like, I cannot wait. I, I just think of the National League in particular, like, and both sides are going to be fun. The Yankees were great for most of the season, have kind of tripped over themselves, but, like, that's going to – they'll be great to watch. But just seeing the, the Mets pitching, the Braves, the Cardinals, who I think could make a deep run here, just I'm so stoked for this playoff run, that extra wild card spot. It's huge. It really is huge. Yeah, it definitely adds some more parity. I mean, we're getting six teams in in each side instead of uh, five and instead of four as it was prior to that. So, you know, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see. And the playoff picture, I mean, especially in the American leagues, specifically the wild cards, I mean, they jostle around every single day, right? As we're recording this, the Blue Jays have a one-and-a-half game lead, Mariners one game lead over the Rays. The Rays have the three the third wild card spot. But the Rays are destroying the Blue Jays right now. So it's going to move around a little bit. Um, and one thing I want to ask you, I mean, if you look at these playoff pictures, because it's seeded, say, one through three are the division winners, four through six, do you think a team might jockey to, say, play the central winner, which is would be the three seed and arguably not as strong of a team as, say, the Blue Jays or Mariners, who would be the four seed? Do you think any team would try to try to not lose, but, uh, you know, maybe try to get that six spot. I think, so if it is going to happen, it would be an American League team because, quite frankly, playing the wild cards in the National League, it's just not, like, like you're playing the either Cardinals the Braves. The Cardinals are the three seed. Yeah, that's, the, like, it's just, 
you don't really have that. The biggest would be the American League, and I, and I personally don't think it's going to happen. Look, I think it would be great gamesmanship. Like that's a whole different level as an organization and management to like set that up. But I've got to think. I mean, it kind of takes me to a clip Freddie Freeman sent. But it's like when you're a professional ball player, you show up to win every single game. I just can't see a way in which it's like, eh, just throw a little sixty-nine mile an hour meatball across the plate. Let's go face the guards. You know. Now, again, it's MLB. They have the data. The manager, you know, they may say, yeah, we we want to face the Guardians or the Twins or whoever's in the Central because that is probably a better bet than playing the Blue Jays. But I think, honestly, it's like, look, if you're going to – playoffs only matter as far as winning the World Series, in my opinion. So if you're going to win – if your team's good enough to win a World Series, you're going to beat whoever. I don't know. I see not yeah. a factor. It's it's not going to happen, especially the way the the. I mean, it won't won't will never happen. But just looking at the American League wild card race, the three teams really, and it's going to be Rays, Blue Jays, Mariners in some order. The Orioles are kind of dead at this point, but it's going to be one of those three teams, and they're within a game and a half of each other. And it seems like every day. I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier um, about the Guardians, and they were supposedly going to play the Blue Jays when we were talking now, and now they're playing the Rays. They would have been matched up against the Mariners at point. So it's going to come down to the wire in that AL wildcard race, and it'll be pretty interesting to see. I mean, the other one, which I think is really interesting, the NL East, I feel like the Braves lost their chance. The Braves, I mean, the Mets just got swept by the Cubs and the Braves gained no ground. They took over the division lead for a minute there, like I think a day. But they're still sitting in second place. That is where you need to capitalize. When we talked about how the Braves have a lot harder strength of schedule closing out the season than the Mets do, and it just seems like a missed opportunity there. Which, let me just add, on that Cubs-Mets series, that was disgusting. I mean, if that's any preview of what the Mets are bringing to October, they can just see themselves out. Um, pretty much their only offense was meaningless ninth ninth inning home runs, which don't matter. The the one takeaway, their bullpen looked really solid um, over the series, but their starting pitching got shelled. Not shelled, but it's not going to win playoff games. But I love that point. You have to capitalize. Now you have the Mets in Pittsburgh for the weekend. It's hard to think that the Cubs sweep them and the Pirates win a series had to capitalize, but I also kicked it around. If you can get beat by the Cubs, you can get beat by anyone. So maybe the Pirates pull off another sweep. Yeah, the Mets are a weird team. Like I, I, I used to think they were like this juggernaut, and obviously they've got great pitching, but they're dealing with injuries to Scherzer and obviously DeGrom this over half the season. But I don't know. Like if I'm a as a Cardinals fan in that three spot setting to play the two seed in the NLDS, I like going up against the Mets. I'm I, that's what I'm rooting for. I want to play the Mets much more than the Braves. So, you know, I'm partially rooting for the Mets to hold that two seed. I also think they will. The Cardinals are also only, I think four, four and a half games behind them for the two seed. So maybe a little something to play for there as with 20 games or so left, but I don't know. The Braves scare me a lot more than the Mets do. Yeah, to me, I think what what sets the Braves apart from the Mets, and look, it, all things considered, all things healthy, rotation, you have to go to the Braves, or the Mets, excuse me. The Mets have the best starting rotation when healthy, maybe in baseball history. 
but the Braves have this depth, and the only team that really is similar to that is the Dodgers as far as just what that the bottom seven, eight, nine, what they can do as far as slugging, BA. The Braves' bottom three uh, are the best combo, the best mix of batting average and slugging for those positions. I mean, it's just a brutal lineup start to finish when you're playing the Braves. And then you realize they have all those players locked in for ridiculous deals for basically the next decade. I mean, Atlanta's going to be in the power ranking picture and, and World Series contention for the next decade, I've got to think. Yeah, that's the biggest thing with the Braves. I think you don't really get a break in their lineup at any point. I mean, even though they're missing Ozzy Albies, for example, Von Grissom has come in and it's just been amazing. And then Michael Harris has shown up in center field. Didn't expect him. And Dansby Swanson is having an amazing year. I mean, he was always kind of the nine-hole hitter, wasn't had good speed, was mainly a defensive guy, but he's had a tremendous offensive season, not to mention Acuna and Matt Olson and Austin Riley um, and Marcelo Zuna, unfortunately, and whoever else they throw out there. And don't forget Eddie Rosario, who is the NLCS MVP, I think, last year. And, I mean, he had a tremendous postseason last year. So th- they're a deep team and, like I said, a really scary team. And it's almost certainly going to be a Dodgers-Braves-NLDS unless the Braves are able to either catch the two-seed or something happens, I guess. Which, again, you know, not a matchup that I'm super, like, stoked for, but I think the position the Dodgers are in, you can't back down from anyone. I mean, I'll take everyone's best shot. You know, if they lose, they lose, but I like their odds. They uh doing great, and I don't know with that, I guess I should just segue into a little bit of Dodgers news, that being uh, it's the 15th today on September 13th. The Los Angeles Dodgers clinched the National League West title. Uh in Arizona, so I have a couple thoughts on that. But this would now be their ninth division title in the last decade. The only one that they missed would be last year uh, when they lost to San Francisco, who had a franchise setting 107 wins, which bested the Los Angeles Dodgers franchise record setting season of 106 wins. So again, you look at that. If the one time you didn't win your title, it was by one game when both teams were franchise records and you knocked your rival out of the playoffs that year. Doesn't really get much better than that. Um, again, up until this 10-year stretch, the Dodgers had not made the playoffs more than three years consecutively. Um, so when you, when, you, when you think about that and then go, wow, a decade straight on top. It's, it's also just crazy, crazy that, that the year they won the most games was the year they didn't win the division out of – in the past decade. Yeah. I mean, now again, I think they best that record um, this year, hopefully knock on wood. Um, they're on pace to do it. The The craziest thing of all this to me, um, I think it was 2013. No, maybe it wasn't 2013. Last time LA won the NL West title in Arizona, they all went into the pool at center field and had just one of the most awesome, like team party things ever. And the Diamondbacks and the ultimate move of we are just soft little children, babies, uh, surrounded their whole pool after the game where they clinched with police officers to make sure the Dodgers did not go in to celebrate. Absolutely ridiculous move um, from the Diamondbacks. <laughs> like, I just saw – yeah, you can see the pictures, and I saw like some from when they were celebrating in the pool then today where they literally had like 40 cops and a perimeter around it. And it's like, okay, first of all, I get it. You don't want them celebrating in your pool. Second, 
don't pit a pool in center field if you don't want that. And two, like compete for your division one time over the decade. And then like, and they did, like they blew up a team that had Goldschmidt and JD Martinez and was within 10 games of the Dodgers. They just blew that team up. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was so ridiculous that you actually took the time of law enforcement to surround the pool. So you wouldn't have the likes of Cody Bellinger and Joey Gallo dolphin diving in your, but like just look nuts. <laughs> yeah, that, that is funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Dodgers winning the division, obviously no surprise. I mean, they've, the division's just been ugly. I mean, we, it, again, we went into the season kind of with expectations of, well, the Padres, you know, they've got some good players expecting to get Tatis back. Then they trade for Soto, and it's like, wow, they make all these moves at the deadline. Still, they're 20 and a half games back. They will most likely be in St. Louis for the wild card round, three games in St. Louis. Um, well, hopefully two games in St. Louis. But, yeah, no surprise. I mean, they are the largest leader in any division. I think Houston's the next at 12 and a half games over the Mariners. It's just impressive to dominate a division this much. Um, it's a pretty poor division. The Giants have kind of imploded since last year. The Rockies have missed Chris Bryant all year, and they just don't have a great team anyway. The Rockies have been kind of sneaky. Like They they look good in the future. I think they've got a lot of good young players. Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly have been amazing pitchers. So I think the Diamondbacks can be a real threat in maybe the next five years, but the Dodgers are just all over it. I mean, they're the biggest threat to win the World Series, no question about it. Yeah, and I don't see this changing, you know, this this decade of dominance changing really anytime soon. Again, you look, uh, Marcus Lynn-Betts will be in Los Angeles till 2032. Freddie Freeman, uh, pretty similar there. They've got great young talent coming up, the number one prospect pipeline. They have great pitching, great young pitching. I mean... I don't see this stopping anytime soon. And I feel like even when other NL West teams try their very best to compete and say at the deadline, acquire Josh Bell, Juan Soto and Josh Hader, they only actually get worse at accomplishing the goal of winning. So I just don't see, I don't know if the NL West is boring me at this point, like the rivalries. It's like, dude, they just smack San Diego for fun. San Francisco's non-factor basically a bye weekend this weekend versus them. I'm I'm more tied up in watching other baseball down this playoff push, especially the AL Central race, because it's just such a fun little race we have there. Yeah, guards took a tough loss to the White Sox today. They, it was kind of like this one-off rain delay game. Um, the the White Sox just, I think, hit five homers off the Guardians starters. Pretty ugly, but Guardians five games in Minnesota, or excuse me, against Minnesota in Cleveland starting tomorrow, and then three more against the White Sox. So this next stretch, this next week in the AL Central is kind of the deciding factor. I mean, this will pretty much set up the last week or so of the season, and, you know, it's it's nerve-wracking. I just hope the Guardians come out winning record against it. I mean, they swept the twins in Minnesota since our last episode. So hopefully we can take care of business at home. Yeah. You know, Max, I don't know if you want to talk about some, cause we, I would say it's been a great little two week stretch for St. Louis baseball. Um, especially it was last night. We got a pretty incredible MLB moment, definitely a historic moment and borderline and unbreakable record. Um, 
you want to touch on that? Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody's saying, and it, it certainly seems that way. Yachty and Wayno start together as a battery for the 325th time, setting an all-time MLB record. And yeah, you know, everybody's saying it's unbreakable, really. And if you look down that top 10 list or just down the list in general, you're seeing a bunch of duos, a bunch of batteries from the 60s, the 70s, and even before that. And obviously, player mobility was a lot lower then. So you didn't see players jumping around teams as often. And obviously, it's just hard to have two guys that stay not only healthy, but together on the same team for what you really need an entire career, right? They've been together for like 19 years or something. So almost an impossible record to break. They'll probably get maybe two, three, four more starts together this year. Obviously, Yachty's retiring, so that'll be it. But a great game last night. I mean, packed, packed house in Bush. I think almost 50,000 people there. Um, and Cardinals got the win. Nolan hit a homer. Uh, Yachty got an RBI single. Newt Bar hit a homer. It was just a great celebration all game and great for those two guys. Um, but another record that we're closing in on, and amazingly, is... Albert Pujols going for 700. He is now at 697 after hitting two in Pittsburgh. Um, I think, yeah, over the weekend. One on Friday, one on Saturday, or maybe one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Um, his 697 to set the all-time record, or excuse me, to become fourth on the all-time list and pass A-Rod was just unbelievable. Uh, uh, I think it was a game-tying or go-ahead home run go ahead. in the game. Yeah. Go ahead, home run. Late in the game, just dead center. The call by Dan McLaughlin was amazing. Uh, I mean, it's it's it was just so emotional. He knew it right away. The still images from it, it it's just it brings chills. It really does. And now he's three away. We've got I think a five gamer against Cincinnati, uh, all at Bush with some makeups in there, uh, and then a lot of more games against the Pirates. So. You know, some chances to play against teams not in contention, get some easier pitchers and get, I mean, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. Three home runs is all he needs to do. It would take a pretty big collapse, I think, for him not to get it. He's hitting the ball so well. Yeah, and I said on last episode, I said, look, to make sure we're on pace, he's going to need one uh, in the series. Last weekend, he got two. I told you before the show, I think he gets it in the Cincinnati series. I think he goes nuts and just brutalizes them. But we'll see. I like the way it's tracking, and I think pretty much the whole community is begging to get another guy in the 700 club. And I think it's easy for maybe not our generation, but a little younger who missed Albert in his like prime and his heyday to realize just how good – like how dominant he was. There was a good decade of baseball where he was – a top three player, no question, and number one player for most of those years. And I think that's been his time in, in uh, L.A., um, really his time in Anaheim in particular, you know, kind of subtracted a little bit, but what an incredible career, and that would be just what a way to cap it off. I know he hit his uh, RBI number 2,200 um, this week, I think. So yep, just a mental career, and I think getting to 700 is going to be – you know, just the final cherry on top. Um, I will say about that, the battery record, 
kind of a record we were tracking from the start of the season. Awesome to see it happen. Yachty wore a custom helmet, uh, which had like 325 on it in both like a, a Wayno's number and Yachty's number. Uh, Wayno's 55, right? Or am I making that up? Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, 55 and four. Um, and then what I thought was even cooler was after Wayno came out of the game, he switched back to his normal mask, which was kind of awesome. He's just like me and my buddy. And just to touch on that, Max, I fully think this is an unbreakable record because you have to have pitcher and catcher. I think, no question, the hardest two positions to play in baseball. Uh, not in that order. I think catcher is by far, we've talked about it, by far the hardest. You have to have an elite player start and be elite at a young point in their career and stay with your organization a full duration of their career, be able to play two spots that are so injuries are so common careers get cut short all the time. And it's just hard to be elite that long and not get moved. I mean, I don't think we'll just having an elite catcher who plays 15 straight years is hard enough. And then to pair him with an elite pitcher. So I I'm going to consider it unbreakable until we get anyone close and We'll see. I don't think that maybe we got to get an elite arm in Baltimore. Maybe when Grayson Rodriguez gets the call up, uh, Adley and Grayson Rodriguez will be able to do it. But that may be the best outlook. But they're still, uh, well, 325 starts short, assuming Yachty and Wayno don't throw again. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to talk on that, you, you know, talking about how great Albert is. I mean, I, I would implore anybody to look at his baseball reference and like, Think about players you see today and these numbers you're seeing. I mean, from all, from 2001 until 2011, I'll give you his placements in MVP voting. Fourth, second, second, third, first, second, ninth, first, first, second, fifth over that span. Had an OPS over one all of those years, peaking at 1.114 in 2008. Um, I mean, these batting average numbers are insane. Had a 359 average in, two, in 2003. His home runs over that span, 37, 34, 43, 46, 41, 49, 32, 37, 47, 42, 37, 30. I mean, that's how you get to these numbers is you have to hit like 40 home runs every year. For an, an, I mean, it's just remarkable. I mean, he's the greatest hitter of our generation. You look at, I mean, he's the only people above him in home runs now are Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth. So pretty he, decent. Mean, he's a remarkable career. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this, but of position players of sort of our generation, if you will, I think really him and Miguel Cabrera are the only guaranteed, definitely going to the hall of fame, like first ballot. No question. It's just a testament to how, good he is and what's crazy is how good he still is how valuable he still is and what what should what is probably what's been announced as his final season he's one of the best ops in the entire game against left-handed pitching he's a dominant pinch hitter what he can do in your clubhouse locker it's just crazy here's a dude who's what is reported age is 43 he's actually probably closer to 45 46 and is still legitimately one of the higher contributing members to a winning uh team in baseball it's just such a remarkable career I just feel so privileged that I had that the half season of him in LA just to get to like see those intangibles and see what he can bring off the sheet that makes him just incredible I wish he would have stayed in LA but I'm happy he gets to do all this with the Cardinals it's it's the right ending that Cardinals fans and MLB fans deserved and Albert deserved 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think everybody's expectation coming into the season was, you know, maybe he'll get 700. It's a long way away. He'd need 21 home runs. Um, but he'll be a great locker room guy and be able to contribute, you know, mainly against lefties. But he's just blown expectations out of the water in almost every single way. I mean, he's got an 864 OPS, which is very good. He's got a 145 OPS plus, which means his 864 OPS is 45% above the league average. He's got 18 home runs this year, which is <clears throat> the most he's since he's most he's had since 2019 when he was with the Angels. Um, you know, everything is just going well for the Cardinals right now. He's got a 2.66 average, which is the highest he's had since 2016. He's been a real contributor, and he's gonna be a constant, constant presence in the postseason, and he's gonna be either pinch hitting in big moments or he's just going to be playing every day in the postseason. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy watching his final season watching him in the postseason because he always steps up in the big moments. Now, Max, do you think as they enter these series for some of the less competent uh, NL central foes, do you think you give a couple more starts to him at first, if you can, or even at the DH, but just let him get your three, four at bats. Knowing that stakes are pretty low. They're not really must win games and we probably win either way. Absolutely. I mean, I think he's already playing pretty much every day at this point. I think in this last series, um, he's been playing. I mean, I know he's in the Brewer series. He started both games so far and yesterday was against Corbin Burns. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the division is pretty much locked away at this point. We can play for that two seed, and obviously we're trying to win. And I don't want to make it seem like putting Albert in the everyday lineup is us not trying to win because he's one of our best players at this point. I mean, his hitting is invaluable. So um, I think he'll definitely be in the lineup for the majority of the games to close out the season, if not be pinch hitting in every game. Because everybody wants him to get 700. And let me just add, his last two home runs, uh, 96 and 97, were both off right-handed pitching. So can still get it done either way. Um, yeah, I I'm excited to track that, excited to see how that goes. Uh, some other record watching that we're on, we have Aaron Judge, who's had just a remarkable season. I still think the fact that he said shut down contract extension talks, let me play this year after he's had such a volatile career or inconsistent maybe I don't know if I've ever seen someone answer the bell like this I mean he there's going to be a gigantic bidding war for him but he's on the heels of Roger Maris's 61 uh, home run record in the American League I think he's at 57 right now so four shy of that feel pretty good he's going to hit that he hit 56 and 57 together in the same game it's a crazy tear I think he's is he I think he's now over 20 home run lead in the home run leaderboard right now. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. 20 Schwarber is 37, Riley 36, Goldie and Trout at 35. But so yeah, Trout would be second in the American league at 35 to his 57, which is crazy. Also keep in mind, Trout has not played anywhere near a full season. Uh, he's been relatively healthy but he still missed at least 20 30 games how about uh, that record he almost broke he had a home run in seven straight games and had a chance he was in cleveland and he hit his seventh in a row uh seventh straight game with a home run but 
couldn't get it done. He said he was feeling the pressure. He said he was trying to swing for the fences. He knew the record. Like, he knew what was going on, which was kind of funny. Well, but also something like that's the only way Mike Trout's going to feel real pressure in baseball. Like, in all reality, like, because they have nothing to play for. It, it, it just sucks. It, the Angels just blow my mind up because you still, you continue to have on a weekly basis Shohei Otani and Mike Trout just doing ridiculous, ridiculous things that we haven't seen, dominating the game in a way that is just not uniform and it doesn't matter. Uh, and it's just a broken record. It's it's so annoying. I can't imagine being an Angels fan at this point because you can't even be like, oh, like at least the Pirates are like tanking and building a system. It's like, no, we have two of the best players in the whole damn game, and we are borderline irrelevant as a franchise. And they're still must-watch. Like, this weekend, I'm excited for the Mariners-Angels series just to watch the Mariners and see what Shohei and Trout do. It's just sad that that's what it's come to. I agree in every sense. And and they're obviously selling the team. So, you know, we'll see how that affects, I guess, everything there i mean it could shake up the whole organization obviously so that'll be something interesting to see this off season um but yeah i mean it's pretty amazing we have this many records this year i mean this yachty wayno one's all-time stuff this albert's all-time stuff um and then judge obviously i mean so it's it's still competitive or still meaningful baseball, meaningful at bats for some of these teams that are just kind of holding on, waiting till the playoffs. So it's fun to watch. And while we're talking about just kind of crazy records, Julio Rodriguez last night becoming the first rookie in MLB history to have 25 stolen bags and 25 home runs. I mean, we've said it the future. He got his mega deal. We were saying it before the season started, the second he was called up since we've been in the Camp Julio, and it looks like he is going to be the stud, the absolute face of a Seattle team that should be able to compete in the AL West for the next decade. Um, I love what they're building there. I can't wait to watch them hopefully break that playoff drought, which, by the way, Phillies and Mariners are both respectively longest playoff drought in the NL and AL, and they both have a much higher percentage chance of breaking that than uh, getting snubbed. So it's been just a remarkable MLB season across the board and what we're seeing and just some great moments seeing Adley Rutschman and what he's done in Baltimore being relevant past the trade deadline. Uh, it's It's been a incredible, incredible season. It really has, and I hope it leads to an even more incredible postseason. I think there are so many storylines, so many interesting players and teams going into this postseason that I feel like it's it's got to be. I mean, this is going to be – I'm so excited. Who knows what can happen? So many different things can happen. The thing is, in baseball, like a three-game series, I mean, it's one of the things I love so much about baseball. One swing can change everything. You know, bases are loaded, and you throw one bad pitch, and they get a hold of it. Like, that changes the game. That's what – you know, one air changes the game. And it once you get in, anything – Anything can happen in the postseason. We've seen that 2011 Cardinals. Uh, we've seen it with the uh, Nationals in 2019. Um, so it, it's a postseason I can't wait for. It's going to be interesting to see how this, how the buys shake out, you know, if that ends up being something that is beneficial um, or not. 
but I'm I'd give it a positive review so far I think there's a lot more for more teams to play for and I, I I like it I think it's a good move yeah I like the extra team I just wonder what if there's any negative impact of not really playing and and of course you still had the buy for your number one team anyways but just that pressure, it's like I almost wonder if getting some playoff baseball in before it matters. You know, like you look at the Dodgers, they're on pace to have their first playoff game be game one of the NLDS versus the Atlanta Braves. It's like, well, you know, if the Braves have a whole series under their belt, you got to kind of get into that playoff mindset. Um, now they're professionals. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, they all have experience, but we'll see. Um, I feel Because you could argue it the other way and say – you know, the the Dodgers can rest while the Braves have to go play these high leverage games and high leverage at bats and fight for their life while the Dodgers get to relax and be full strength when the end time for the playoffs start for them. Now, see, definitely on that argument, that's what's so great about clinching this early. And mainly, you know, it's not like they're going to just pull up the whole AAA team, but mainly letting some of those IR guys or IL guys and guys rehabbing, like really take it slow. And, you know, like Brett Sarkrat or Blake trying and take your time. We're not even going to rush you back. Like really until you are 110%, you're not going to throw the baseball in a game. Uh, whereas maybe you want to, like last year, they don't have that advantage. They're fighting down to the wire for the division. Um, and I think that's part of the early exit. Early exit's relative. They they were out in the uh, CS, but that's still an early exit. Um, for how good that team is so we'll see but there's so many storylines very very hyped about getting into the postseason and and just seeing what team are you like thinking more sleeper teams you think anyone has a chance to really make noise from the outside like could this Mariners team you know maybe make a sneaky run in the AL yeah I mean I think there are a couple teams and I won't mention the cards or guards because I have rooting interest there I think the Mariners are one for sure I mean if you look at their rotation Having Castillo and Logan Gilbert and Robbie Ray and Kirby, I mean, those four guys right there who can are, will match up with anybody else's four. Plus, they've got some hot hitters that if they get hot can really hit the ball. Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker, if they start hitting home runs, or not start, but if they really produce in the postseason, Julio. Um, I think the Blue Jays are another team because they'll be in the playoff mix. And they were a team we both picked to go to the World Series in the preseason. And I think just they're I think they're just so, so deep all around. Uh, I mean, George Springer, Vlad, Bo Bichette, Matt Chapman, Teosco Hernandez, and not to mention a pretty good rotation uh, with Manoa, Barrios, Gossman. So I think they're a team that can make some noise in the NL side it's a little bit different. I think you have the Dodgers, Mets, Braves, and Cardinals who are the clear, I would say contenders for the NL pennant. And then other than that, you're going to have the Phillies and Padres. And I don't see either of those teams really making any noise. Unfortunately, Um, I can tell you right now, the Padres absolutely will not accomplish (laughs) anything noteworthy in the playoffs. I can tell you that. So, no, I, I think you'll have a Final Four, which is a great, a Final Four in the National League. It'll be Dodgers versus Braves, Mets versus Cardinals, and those will be two fantastic series. Well, and I mean, we, we could, depending on how things play out, we could have an incredible, incredible NLCS game 
Cardinals Dodgers, um, similar to the wild card game we had. And we'll be previewing that matchup uh, next weekend. The uh, Cardinals will be in Dodger Stadium. Um, and that's going to be, you know, I'm sure we'll set up something next episode, maybe make another bet um, and, and get some things rolling with that. It's going to be a fun little game. But yeah, I think I agree with you. There's a lot more noise that could be made in the AL maybe. I think your top heavy teams in the NL are just playing just a different game. I mean, a different game from the rest of the division. And that's what we've seen. Um, so I don't know. I'm just so hyped to get into the playoffs. You know, again, you look back to where this all started with the lockout and not being sure if we were going to have a season and to get through it and have this magical season we did. And think if we didn't. I mean, think if because the lockout we got to miss this run to 700 or the battery record or Aaron Judge's incredible season or Shohei Otani. Again, doing getting even more ridiculous from his unanimous MVP season just so we would have missed Julio's big start. I'm sure it would have happened, but thank God everyone came to the table, got the bargaining uh, done. And uh, I guess on that note, this is just random baseball news, but the minor leagues now have agreed to be represented by MLB PA. So that's pretty big news just for, for overall how those guys are treated and making sure that, you know, you don't have eight guys in our department anymore, you know, making 150 bucks a week trying to, see their dream through yeah that was definitely big news to come out of the weekend um i haven't followed like that super closely but i think it's definitely a good thing to see for the minor leaguers sake for sure it definitely has some implications in what i'm working on uh with some of the facilities because uh with that carries some of the renovation requirements and already goes into the MLB requirements that they put down. Uh, but I'm not going to bore people with stadium talk. You know, Max, I don't know. What do you think is the most incredible thing you saw in the last week in baseball? I mean, <laughs> I, either the record last night or, or Albert's 697, just because of the moment and how great it was. What about you? I mean, I think... I think it's got to be the battery record to me. I mean, just what, what that stood for. Um, I don't know. It's just hard. Like, I don't even care about winning the NL West anymore. Like, it's just such a give me that, like, I was like, eh. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I think the battery record was just something super special. Um, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, I don't know if you want to get into our lock of the week. Let's do or... it. Let's do it. So you took a win last week, right? So I, you had I Dodgers did. winning the series. Which they did, and confidently back in the win call, I'm very happy about that. And I, unfortunately, take my third straight loss. Um, you know, I had the Braves in Seattle. Max Fried versus Kirby. I liked the pitching matchup. It was a great game. It was a great game, but Seattle won 3-1. Um, so another loss for me, James. I'm curious where you're going here. So I'm definitely going with a series, series bet. We have a couple exciting series, but I think I think I'm just going to lock in with what I really initially felt confident about, and that's got to be I love the way this AL Central race is shaping up. Uh, Cleveland has the chance right now to write their destiny in the next week. Uh, and I think they're going to do that this weekend in progressive field. I have the Guardians taking down the five-game series against the Twins. Um, again, they're probably favored to win the series at home. 
but it's a must-win series. You absolutely can't, you know, if they screw around and get swept, their playoff picture is closing. Um, so I, I like them. I got guards this weekend. I'm actually going the same series, um, but not a series bet. I, I'm going the Saturday game one at 110 when Bieber's starting. Um, I'm going to take the over on his strikeouts. Shane Bieber, I think, is a he's not going to win the Cy Young, but he's been a sleeper, I think. In his last nine starts, he's 6-2 and two with a 1.75 ERA, 68 strikeouts to only nine walks. So he's been so reliable over the past several months um, and really all year. He had, I think, maybe his second start of the year was tough. Um, but other than that, he's been great. And I like Bieber over on his strikeouts. I think every time I've made a bet like this, I lose. But I trust the Biebs. I think, I, I, and I like your bet too. I think the Guardians have a great chance to win some games here. They'll be in the heart of their rotation with Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill, hopefully getting Act back as well. So, you know, let's go guards. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see him get it done. Obviously, huge buzz. Probably more relevant for us, you being a, Cleveland resident and me being in Columbus uh, huge, just huge week in Cleveland sports. The buzz is there as the guards look to uh preseason. They were picked to be fifth in the AL central by many media outlets. So they look to win the division and make a playoff run. Uh, you have Donovan Mitchell just came to town, obviously traded for by the Cavs a couple weeks ago, but came to the press conference Brown's first time starting one and oh, looking for a two and oh start first one in like 70 years. So definitely there's got to be some kind of electric buzz in that city, Max. I mean, there really is. I mean, the Guardians have the best young team in baseball right now. Over the next, you know, five years, they're just going to get better as these players develop. The Cavs are very similar to the guards, have this amazing young core with Mobley and Allen and Garland and now getting a pure score, all-star, all-NBA player in Donovan Mitchell. And the Browns, uh, 1-0, go look home opener this Sunday. Obviously, have a new quarterback that we'll get in week 12. So lots of buzz in Cleveland, and it's very exciting. Yeah, an exciting time for Cleveland. Uh, kind of reminds you of 2016 when you had the Monsters win a championship and uh, you had the Cavs win one, Guardians in the World Series, and just kind of that buzz. So we'll we'll see how that all comes to fruition, but the guards are going to be a big, big building block um, of that. And who knows, they'll get the, the wild card round in, assuming they win the division, obviously, they'll get the wild card round three games in progressive. If they win that NLDS against the New York Yankees, it would be very, very exciting. Well, and that would be quite the revenge uh, if they were to knock the Yankees off from the trash throwing game and just that, just <laughs> right, what an outlandish yeah. performance from the Yankees faithful on that afternoon game. So maybe they'll write that wrong. Again, this Guardians team can beat anyone. I've seen time and time again, they just compete. I mean, they may not be the best lineup, but they just compete one through nine, grind out at-bats, and they just find ways to beat you. That's the marking of a great playoff team. So we'll we'll see, but future could be bright in Cleveland. Um, well, let's quickly do this Sunday night. Uh, you know, at this point... The, it, this doesn't really matter. I mean, these Sunday night games, you know, the last week's one was terrible. Um, and this one, I mean, it's a rivalry, right? Dodgers, Giants, but 
Dodgers won the division. Giants suck. Why do the Giants get back-to-back Sunday night games? Um, but, I mean, James, wh- do you care about this? I mean, what do you think? Well, what's weird is this is a game that I normally would care about, would be like, this is awesome, circle it on the schedule. I hate this move from MLB. I absolutely hate it, and this is a game I obviously was going to watch. Anyways, I, I, nothing makes me happier than when the San Francisco Giants lose, especially to the Dodgers. It uh, gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling. I don't need this on Sunday Night Baseball. You have matchups that have playoff implications. You have some bigger star-studded matchups. I'd rather see Angels, Mariners get the Sunday night game. Again, great series in Cleveland going on. You have Braves, Phillies. All of those could have gotten the Sunday night knot. It's just hard because the game has zero implications. The Dodgers are still going to try and win it because that's what they do. The Giants suck. They're still going to try and win. They just suck. It, it, like I see this game, and I'm probably top – point zero zero one percent of fans who should be like this is awesome thank you for making this a sunday night game and i'm like why did you do this so that's just kind of where where we're at and it's hard like right now sunday night baseball could not be in a tougher position you're going to compete with the nfl just starting up i mean sunday night game you're going to have to pick a pretty special game to get the viewership and steal from sunday night football this is not the game to do that yeah i think it's a similar narrative we've talked about um, throughout the year, just not the right game being chosen for this. And, you know, I don't want to say anybody's at fault because I don't know what goes into it. But like you said, Phillies at Atlanta, playoff implications for both teams there. Orioles, Blue Jays. The Orioles are trying to catch the Blue Jays in the wild card race. Twins, Guards, obviously. Yankees, Brewers, both teams. I mean, putting Judge there, he's going to be around. You know, maybe he'll have a chance. At 61 that night, Brewers still in the playoff picture. I mean, like you said, Mariners, Angels, even Padres, Diamondbacks. The Padres are kind of in a playoff race here with the Brewers catching them. And so lots of different games that had implications and teams playing for something. And this just wasn't one of them, which is disappointing. But I'm going Dodgers. I assume you are, too. Yeah, there's no universe in which I would pick San Francisco over L.A., regardless of matchup. It's Andrew uh, Heaney on the mound for Los Angeles versus Alex Cobb, San Francisco. Look, Dodgers, are. I think they win this game. And if they don't, it does not matter in the slightest. Um, I will say, just speaking of the Dodgers, really awesome stuff from Freddie Freeman, who I know I have a love-hate relationship with, uh, but was him and Dave Roberts had a pact, and he made a deal with Dave Roberts, or he told Dave Roberts he would only take a rest day after they won a division. The very first game after they clinched division, Roberts took him out of the lineup. Um, Freddie texted him six different messages related to start me, how do I get in the lineup, play me, whatever. Um, And he talked about, you know, and then kind of separate or running with that. Some reporter asked him, like, well, are you guys worried that since you clenched so early, like you're going to basically you're going to forget how to play ball and forget to be competitive? And he was like, yeah, I'm a professional. I come here every day to win. If we clinch, if we're losing, whatever, like I come to win games. It's just awesome stuff from Freddie. When he I mean, when your leadership group is Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, that's a pretty good uh, one, too. But again. Meaningless game this Sunday. And again, San Francisco, get them out of there. Stop rewarding their bum, just bum, bum, bumness. Stop letting them play on Sunday Night Baseball. 
The, yeah, that, I think that team's going to implode. I mean, they already kind of did. They won 107 last year, and they're terrible this year. I think they might be bottom feeder, feeders in the NL West next year. I just, I, I think Brandon Crawford, like, think Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, Evan Longoria. They've got a lot of guys that are probably on the downslide than the incline. So, you know, I think they'll, they've got some good young players, good prospects, but. I, I think they're going to be in trouble for some they, time. If you look at the NL West, every other team has a better outlook for the future. Literally every single one. I mean, yep. you know, I think the Diamondbacks, you touched on them, could go. Uh, assuming that the Padres ever get this little elite Death Star lineup on the field together, which is a huge if, still not that worried, but obviously they're going to be significantly better than whatever San Francisco can throw out there. Yeah totally with you the Padres who knows I mean they're like the the Brooklyn Nets when they got Harden Kyrie and KD they just can never get the three stars to play together so it'll be interesting to see but James I mean we're closing in on the playoffs very very excited um episode 61 it was a good one always a pleasure talking ball